This program is part of the Cosmic Potato Podcast Network. For more shows like this, visit our website at cosmicpotatonetwork.com. Hi, this is Shane. And this is Virginia. And this is Wait You've Never Seen, a podcast dedicated to discussing well-known movies and TV shows that one of us has never seen. And today we're wrapping up our messed up movie month by discussing Wait You've Never Seen Rear Window? Dun dun dun. I feel like this movie could have used a few. Dun dun dun. <laughs> um, so trigger warnings up front. There's general creepiness which we'll talk about because like watching your neighbors is one thing but busting out your binoculars and your telephoto lens is something else I think. Um, there was a scene about a dead dog, which was really sad. Um, they show the do- they show way too much of that dead dog. And then there's a brief scene where Thorwald kind of roughs Lisa up when he catches her in his apartment. Yes. So, what were three things you expected from Alfred Hitchcock's Rear Window? I expected a less relatable, crankier Jimmy Stewart. <laughs> uh, that's just based on the poster The image of him in the poster Going, ah, now wait a minute here uh, Number two mm-hmm. So this is one of those movies I just need to I need to say this up front This is one of those movies where like I kind of know What happens You know, it's one of those Like famous sort of movies Like if you've never seen The Godfather, you probably know about the horse's head. Right. You know, just because it's ubiquitous and, you know. So I knew that murder probably, that there was something about murder in this uh-huh. movie. But I didn't want to go too on the nose. In fact, I took a risk and I said, so number two, I expected that no one dies. Okay. Uh, I felt like... Jimmy Stewart's character will be mistaken when he thinks he sees a murder or evidence of a murder. Mm-hmm. And instead, he might, what he's really seeing is maybe a man cheating on his wife. Okay. Yeah. And, you know, there were times where I'm like, oh, so the detective comes by and he says, no, the. Anyway, we're getting ahead of myself. Number three. The Hitchcock cameo he uh, will be funny, and he won't say anything. Okay. Okay. Um, so, did you expect to like this movie or not? I was a little unsure, because there's been... I love Jimmy Stewart. Mm-hmm. I appreciate Alfred Hitchcock. Mm-hmm. And I've been bored in both Jimmy Stewart and uh, Hitchcock movies. Yes. So, yeah, I thought it could go either way, so I gave it, I gave it three stars to start with. Okay. Um, what was your one-sentence TV guide summary? <clears throat> After an injury causes a middle-aged man to use a wheelchair in his third-floor walk-up apartment, he gets bored and starts taking an unhealthy interest in his neighbors and believes he sees a murder. I mean, that's pretty much spot on. That's kind of what I... <laughs> they don't say that it's a walk-up, but it... 
either. I mean, you don't see people going to. You kind of see hallways, and you see people using the stairs, but yeah, it, it, it's kind of assumed, right, that that he's kind of stuck in that apartment. Yes, because it's not really accessible. Yes, that's my assumption as well. Would you like to hear what IMDb had to say? Yes. So, Rear Window is from 1954. It's rated PG. It's an hour and 52 long minutes. What's long? Um, it's a mystery thriller. And it says a... I hate wheelchair-bound. Um, a wheelchair-bound photographer spies on his neighbors from his apartment window and becomes convinced one of them has committed murder. I should say, because we haven't talked about it recently, I don't like wheelchair-bound because people who use wheelchairs prefer wheelchair user because wheelchairs don't bind them. Like, they give them a sense of freedom they wouldn't otherwise have. So saying you're bound to your wheelchair kind of gives the opposite impression, I guess. Right, it gives them freedom rather than... Right. But, you know, it's funny, I... When I was writing my, when I was writing my, um, my summary, I started writing wheelchair bound and I'm like, oh wait, well you don't, I know that you don't like that phrase. And, but then I'm also thinking like, he's literally, like in my, in my estimation, what I'm thinking of is the reason he's stuck there and bored is because he's literally bound, like he can't leave because yeah, that's if, if true. there's stairs, you're sort of effed. But he also chooses to sleep in his wheelchair instead of, like the nurse said, we'd prefer it if you would sleep in your bed. That's true. So he does have options inside his apartment. But yes, you're correct in that he doesn't seem to have any options to go outside the apartment. And we don't know exactly how that... I mean, we know that the injury happened because he was taking a dangerous photograph of race cars. Right. He was in the middle of the raceway. Right. But, like, that cast ends at his feet, uh-huh. ends at his toes, and begins, like, above his waist. Yeah, I have a lot of questions, because we'll get to that, but I, okay. when I was in junior high, I had a hip-to-foot full-leg cast wow, you did. for eight weeks due to hyperextending my knee and my leg, but we'll talk about that later. So, how did things meet or not meet your expectations well i did get a i did get a crankier than usual jimmy stewart true true although i didn't find him any less relatable i guess he's cranky maybe because i'm becoming a cranky middle-aged man maybe that might be why i mean we could ask pippet because i would never comment on such a thing let's see we did we do have spoilers we do have a death we do have a murder with two murders, really, if you count the dog. Mm-hmm. But yeah, there were definitely times where it seemed like there wasn't going to be one or there hadn't been a murder. I don't think Hitchcock's cameo was very funny, but he was silent. Mm-hmm. And yeah, in general, in general, yeah, he does have an unhealthy interest in his, <laughs> in his neighbors. Yep. And he does believe he saw a murder. So... How has your opinion changed? Do you give it more stars, less stars? I'm gonna bump it up to a three point five. Really? Because I did find it. Yeah, I found it intriguing. Mm-hmm. I thought I did think it was a little long. It was. 
if this movie was maybe 90 minutes long, I may have given it four stars. Yeah, there there was a lot... I, I realized this was necessary to establish, like, Jeff slash Jimmy Stewart's, um, like, motivations and his isolation and stuff, but there was a lot of silence with him just watching out the window. And, like, I mean, you see the interactions between the different neighbors, so, like, you see... Um, the ballet dancer dancing around. You see the piano player playing sometimes for himself, sometimes for other people. In the very but, beginning, we see him writing. Yes. We see him writing the song, essentially. And at the end, he has the record. We see a whole arc. Right, right. Of him. So, um, where was I going with that? There was a lot of silence. Right. So, to... I don't think it would have been a problem to cut it down to 90-ish minutes because there was so much, not dead air, but, like, could you really cut that stuff out and still have the same effect on the movie? But if your audience is falling asleep because they're bored, then you haven't made an effective movie. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, that's true. I mean, I think that Hitchcock was in love with that beautiful set he made. Yes. And there's no way, like, he was going to cut it down. Some of those shots were absolutely amazing. Well, we got the the panorama shot. I mean, p- panorama is probably the wrong word, but you get the establishing you get the establishing shot where we see like all of the the apartments around the courtyard and we kind of focus in on each neighbor that's going to be important to the storyline. Yes. And then, like you're saying, at the end, we get sort of that same panoramic shot, but it's like the closing arc for everyone's stories. So, like, the hot and heavy newlyweds, we find out that he had quit his job or he had lost his job shortly before they got married, and she says, well, if I had known that, we would never have gotten married. So, like, complete 180 on that relationship. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, speaking of that shot, um, it's almost as though the camera itself is a character in this movie. It establishes some things and it takes care of some exposition. Mm-hmm. For example, it it shows us that the fire escape ladders. I noticed this because I'm like, oh, like I was sort of expecting what might happen, or you know, trying to guess what was going to happen, obviously. And I noticed that the fire escape ladders go right to the ground. And they show that in that first establishing shot of the whole courtyard. Mm-hmm. They sort of show, like, look, you can go out the back door and you can go up and, you know, essentially over to that the, the apartment on the other side of the courtyard. Do fire escapes not typically go all the way to the ground? There's usually a thing that you have to pull down or slide down. Okay. I think it's like a, it's usually, it seems to be high enough off the ground that you couldn't just jump up and grab it and pull it down. Okay. Because then you're going to have people uh, breaking into your apartment, like uh, like Grace, Kel- Grace Kelly. Is that? Yes. Or Lisa, right? Lisa's Lisa. the character. She's so beautiful. Like, how can one person Gorgeous. be so beautiful? <laughs> yeah, so that set, like... That set was absolutely amazing. I'm going to show you a picture of what it looked like. Oh, wow. 
Yeah, that's a lot of equipment that we don't see. Right. So one, two, three, four, five. There's five. It's a five-story apartment building that they built. Wow. And we even see a little bit of a street. The whole set is built with... We see a street on the other side of the apartment that we see the rear windows of. Right. Absolutely incredible. And probably used every inch of a vertical height in that in that studio. So something during the during the opening shot, something that I noticed um because I'm the type of person who will keep my windows and blinds closed um that probably the reason everybody's windows and blinds were open is because it was hot as hell. The thermometer said it was like 95 degrees or something. Yes. So, of course, everyone has their windows open. Everyone has their curtains open. That one couple was sleeping on a mattress out on the fire escape. Yes. Um, which, I'm not going to lie, I have slept outside before because it has just been too damn hot. Even air condition won't cut it sometimes in South Texas. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah, so I thought that was... Because... In the in the uh, days and times of central air, you don't really think about having to have your windows open for that purpose, I guess. Yeah, it's amazing. So I don't this this takes place in Greenwich. The set the setting is Greenwich, Connecticut. Uh, sorry, sorry, <laughs> Greenwich Village, oh, New York. Mm-hmm. And in the 1950s, I guess they didn't have. They didn't have air conditioning, not even like wall air conditioners, like I mean, you know, window air conditioners. I mean, you're our expert on the north, so I have no idea. Well, you're smiling wryly at me, but I'm not. That's a uh, that's a hot weather consideration. Anyway, um, so like I said earlier, it's. It's cool to neighbor watch. I mean, I've sat out on the porch in my day and just kind of watched who goes by and whatnot. Um, but it verges on spying and voyeurism and peeping Tomism um, once you get out the accessories, I think. What, what's your view on that? Well, nurse, his nurse, Stella, says whatever the whatever the punishment is for being a beeping Tom (laughs) in New York State. Um, What is my feeling about it? Yeah, of course. I think if you're... I'm a little... I'm not sure, though. Because, right. There's a difference between... Like, I find it fascinating walking by people's people's windows like I walk the dog a lot I'll walk Pitbit and it's fascinating when people have all the lights on inside and their windows wide open and I'm like I can see you people walking around mm-hmm. and that's interesting when they're doing things <laughs> when they're doing things that you wouldn't necessarily just show everyone in your neighborhood mm-hmm. there's a difference between accidentally uh seeing people and yeah getting out a telephotic lens 
getting out the binoculars or sitting in standing in a flower bed and staring in a window like yeah that becomes wrong but at the same time he like he caught a murderer <laughs> being a voyeur I mean yeah that's true and yeah I guess I mean it's not like he can turn on you know like cause you know when you're homesick when you're little you watch The Price is Right obviously of course you do um Family Feud was popular in my day I don't know like it was Price is Right Family Feud or something like that mm-hmm. um so it's not like it's not like Jimmy Stewart can flip on the old Bob Barker did he even have a television in the apartment? Didn't even I don't look think like so. It. Um, so yeah, you have to find a way to occupy your time, especially since he can't go anywhere. Because my feeling was, having not lived in the north, that there probably was an elevator, but it was too small. Because I stayed in a dorm in Washington D.C. that was allegedly accessible, mm-hmm. but you could not have fit a wheelchair in that elevator if your life depended on it i couldn't even walk in sideways with a laundry basket like so it wouldn't surprise me if there was an elevator if it would be insufficient especially since he had to keep his legs straight so you have to like factor in all that clearance you know right so since he can't really go anywhere like i'm sure well you know what he could read a book you know true um but yeah you're right he did crack the case that nobody even knew was a case here's a question for you though who picks up um uh, mrs thorwald's trunk because remember when doyle came by and he was like oh by the way i talked to the train station people and they said mrs anna thorwald just came to get her trunk well he also put Lars also put a woman on the train. Oh, the decoy woman. So maybe it was the decoy woman. Yeah. How is she involved in this? I'm not exactly sure. I think Grace Kelly's character was right that she was the mistress mistress. or the future Mrs. Thorwald or whatever. Yeah, I I think they were in cahoots. Oh, so there was. See, I feel... I feel... I feel like I, I kind of got it right when I said there was going to be infidelity of some kind involved. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they never really... They never really go... We don't really see... Yeah, but they don't really go too much into that. But yeah, that's that's got to be it. Again, they probably spent so much money on that set that yeah. they couldn't go anywhere. <laughs> they, they literally did nothing else. The whole movie... I always find it fascinating when a movie takes place in one location. It's still, well, okay, I guess it did get kind of boring. But to make a compelling story and never leave your apartment, like, like that's, that's that pretty interesting. That takes some talent, yeah. Um, something that I thought was kind of funny, um, you know, looking back on the 1950s and prior was that um, Lisa, Grace Kelly's character, uh, came over with her tiny little suitcase that basically just had a frilly nightgown and some uh, slippers in it. And they didn't expect Doyle to come by, Mm -hmm. so she just had it 
you know, open, and that's all that's in it is just like the nightgown. So it wasn't even just like a passing sort of glance, like, hey, what's what's going on here, man? Mm-hmm. Um, they like circled back around to it a couple of times about like how scandalous it would Unmi- seem uh-huh. for mm-hmm. two unmarried people to stay overnight in the same apartment, even though allegedly she would be sleeping in the bed by herself because he would be sleeping in the wheelchair because that's what he's told us he's doing. That's true, but I, but there were some knowing glances to tell me maybe otherwise. Well, Although, but he has the cast. I was gonna say over his like, how does the cast come up to your waist? I have questions. I have questions about did he break his pelvis along with his legs? But they just said he broke his legs. Maybe he just like took care of her, you know. <laughs> oh my god. Anyway. I don't think men in those days were that solicitous. <laughs> okay. So, yeah, I really felt for Jimmy Stewart's character because it sucks having a cast for that long. I was running for volleyball practice and I just kicked my knee out too far, oh. kicked my leg out too far, and it hyperextended my knee backwards. Gosh. And so I had to stay in a bent knee cast for my, it covered my foot except for my toes. Uh-huh. And then it came all the way up to like the top of my thigh. The, and like, I was on crutches for eight awful weeks. Oh my God, it was terrible. Oh, that stinks. It it does stink after you've been in a cast for eight <laughs> weeks. It literally smell? And then um, like your hair, your hairy legs look like freaking tarzan or something how old were you i was 13 or 14 i was in junior Mm -hmm. high Mm -hmm. now that that's gotta not be how you take care of a a leg that's been hyperextended anymore no i think air casts are the big the big rage now even when it doesn't seem like i see people in casts anymore at all like even for broken bones yeah i was really surprised um my nephew he's Six? Yes, I think he's six or seven. My mm. sister's going to kill me if she listens Oops. to this. Um, he broke his wrist. It was like a hairline fracture, a compound fracture, or something like that. And they put him in an actual plaster cast. I was surprised. Oh, wow. I didn't think they... I guess it's for particular types of breaks. They will still do it in a plaster cast. Maybe children are different, too. Yeah, maybe you can't. You can't, and you can't trust them to keep an air cast on because they like velcro on and off. You know. Yeah. If I if I was a six year old boy, I'd be tearing that crap off as soon as my mom was out of sight. (laughs) Oh, can I tell you one embarrassing thing about my knowledge of medical stuff when I was when I was a child? Uh huh. Okay, so you know how there's that there's there at least was that trope of when someone gets badly injured and they're in a whole body cast. Right, you know? right. In traction, of course. Okay. Or are we talking about two different things? Okay. See, I didn't know what any of that meant. I just saw people in whole body casts. I'm sort of holding my arms out. Like, like a I'm marionette. In, exactly, like a marionette. And there's, like, things holding up your arms. Is that in traction? Yes. Okay, and then, like, your legs are the same way. right. But I didn't connect in track. Like, I 
I would hear a phrase like in traction mm-hmm. and then see a whole body cast and then hear things like, like, oh, so-and-so's in a coma. And I thought that being in a whole body cast meant that you're in a coma. Oh. Uh, <laughs> I, I didn't expect to get pity from you. Well, <laughs> no, because, like, when little kids are learning words, you sometimes... Get in, stuff like in that. In traction, in a coma, in a cocoon. In a cast. So are you ready to go on to the Bechtel test? One more thing. Okay. About the set. Yes. It just has to be said how amazing it is that when when they do a 30-second shot where you see all these different windows, like six to eight apartments with mm-hmm. different rooms... And then you see the courtyard, and then you pull back, and you're in Jimmy Stewart's apartment. Mm-hmm. That means that you have lighting in 12 different places. You have actors who need to be on where they need to be in 12 different places. Mm-hmm. You have all of this stuff like to coordinate. That's absolutely amazing. Well, even just when, um, when Lisa was trying to escape... From Thorwald, yes. and she had to go out the door at this particular time. He was going this way, and then she like ran out into the courtyard while he was looking in the hallway. But then ran into the hallway when he was looking on the balcony. And it, I yep. thought it while we were watching it, like I wonder how they coordinated that because how many takes does that take? Yeah, <laughs> absolutely amazing. So the Bechtel test is. Maybe yes, because... You didn't ask me my opinion. Oh, sorry. What do you think it is? I don't care. <laughs> no. Yeah, so we got Lisa, and we got Stella, and there are... In, there's one... one or, well, there's a couple a scenes. A couple of scenes. Where they're together in the same room, but Jimmy Stewart's always there. Right. So they do... Stella and Lisa do talk about um, about Jeff, Jimmy Stewart's character. They also talk about Mr. Thorwald, um, who's the murderer across the across the courtyard yes um they're they do talk to each other about other things like while they're also talking about men so it's like for example mm-hmm. when they're talking about murder uh mr thorwald murdering his wife um lisa says stella your choice of words is and then Stella interrupts her and says, "Well, nobody's invented a nice way to say killing yet, or something like <laughs> right. that." So it's just kind of it's kind. They talk about the wedding ring a little bit, so it's kind of iffy. Yeah. The Bechtel test website says this this movie passed three of three tests, although dubious. Ah, okay, that's fair. So. Let's talk a little about disability portrayal. Please. So this is an interesting look at temporary disability, I think. Because it seems like uh, Jeff is an otherwise able-bodied man. Yes. Um, who just had an accident and has been temporarily disabled. So... I mean, kind of everything we've been talking about are just adjustments he has to make to this temporary way of life. He mm-hmm. can't just go down to the stairs and head down to the bodega for a pack of cigarettes or whatever. 
Right. Um, everything has to be carefully planned out when Stella's going to be there or when uh, Lisa's going to be there. Or, um, you know, he has to be able to get people on the phone to, like, help him do things. So, um, right. in my experience, and I may be forgetting movies, you know, off the top of my head. In my experience, you don't really get an able-bodied character playing an able-bodied character who is temporarily disabled. Mm. You get a lot of able-bodied characters playing disabled people. Yes. Um, like permanently disabled people. Mm-hmm. So it was interesting to see how someone who knows they're only temporarily disabled deal with that temporary disability in that way. Does that make sense? No. It th- well, no, it does. It does make sense, but it's almost like when you're talking about a temporary disability, then anything goes, right? Right. Like, any able-bodied person is one accident or one diagnosis or one whatever away from being disabled. Right. I mean, if I lose my glasses, guess what? I'm disabled now. I can't see. I can't function in everyday life. Yes. Yeah, and you know what? He's... Um, Jeff, he sort of suffers from that being being a white man between a certain you know in a certain age group mm-hmm. are the kinds of men who get you know paralyzed because they've made they've made a daring bad choice he was standing in the middle of a racetrack yes, yes daring choice cliff divers yes uh bungee jumping uh doing those people who like surf down the side of a mountain or whatever the hell. Or they fly. We watched that documentary where he like flew down the mountain like real close with the like a paraglider. Was that the bodysuit? The, the, the wingsuit? Oh, the wing maybe so. Guy? Yeah. The wingsuit guy. That was scary. Yes. Or the free. The. the um, mountain the free, bikers. Mountain bikers. Free climbers. There's that there's that one on there's that one documentary on Disney Plus now. Free Solo, which Free I Solo. originally thought was like Han Solo was taken prisoner again. <laughs> it's another Whoa that Disney that Disney Plus really cranks out the, <laughs> the Star Wars stuff. Yeah, it's a great documentary. But anyway, a bunch of people like they throughout the throughout that documentary we're getting sidetracked but throughout that documentary they had like so and so free uh, free climber died like five times yes the person didn't die t- five times but they made that statement like five times five different is, people died yep is dangerous it is so are there any pop culture references you now understand there's probably been countless references to this movie that I've seen over the years and hadn't noticed. But one that definitely comes to mind is there's a family guy where Brian is in a wheelchair, he's looking through binoculars, and at one point actually real like a gray haired man doing suspicious things actually sees him, actually sees Brian, which uh-huh. is kinda of funny. Uh, I'm going to show I'm going to show Ginny the picture of that. <laughs> and here's what he was looking at. The, what in the world? The school president 
preening dolls, and one of them happens to be Stewie dressed as a girl. Also from the same, from the same Family Guy episode, mm-hmm. there's a a silhouette. Oh, of Alfred Hitchcock. Yeah, which is funny because it's also a reference. It's not only a reference to Rear Window; it's a reference to Alfred Hitchcock Presents, the show. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, there, um, there's there's a there's a line drawing silhouette of of his his very distinct uh, profile. Uh, thank you, profile. So Alfred Hitchcock's shadow, or maybe it's his whole body, actually walks up to that silhouette and then faces the camera and goes, "Good evening." <laughs> Um, I wonder, I, I would bet, but I wonder if The Simpsons has done a rear window. Yeah, it's gotta be, right? It has to be. be. I can just imagine Homer sitting in a wheelchair watching, like, Ned Flanders' house or something. Mm -hmm. It's gotta happen. So, how would the movie be different with today's technology, do you think? I thought about this, and I think the way that you can... So, people don't, you know, we have perfectly engineered you know domiciles now where you can keep your blinds closed mm-hmm. air conditioning and heat is you know such that we never you know we and we just generally we don't really deal with our neighbors or other people around us very often mm-hmm. and I, we're and we're apartment dwellers so neighbors change a lot you may not get that in like house dwellers. That's true, and there's there might be I don't know. Maybe let's say in this one particular building, there might be twelve different apart twelve separate apartments. There might be more, and there are people who live here in the same building we're living in. I've never seen them before. Mm-hmm. The only time I've met them is when there was a power outage, uh-huh. and we were all just walking around the building. <laughs> and sort of introducing ourselves to each other. It's really weird. Hey, is your power out? Yeah. Is your power out? Yeah. Is everybody's power out? Yeah, that's pretty much how that went. <laughs> it's really funny. This one woman said, like, oh, yeah, I've been living here for years, and this is uh, this has happened, you know, two times in the last year or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, really? You've lived here that long? I've never, <laughs> never seen you ever. So anyway, today's technology, this is how you catch someone. Uh-huh. I think it's through, I think there'd be something interesting through Venmo. So by default, I don't know if this is still the case, but Venmo transactions are public. Oh, yeah. So, which is different from, you know, for, for like social media, you post something or you say like, oh, I'm at, like when you go to yoga, you'll, you'll post through, what is it? Uh, swarm. It used to be Foursquare, but it's called Swarm. Oh, it's the same thing. See, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't know from social media. So yes, so, so Swarm, that's something. But you know that you're telling me, you're telling people where you're at. Yeah. Like that's. I can choose whether I just want it to be on the app or whether I want to put it on Facebook or Twitter or whatever. Venmo though is something that you might forget that every time you make a transaction, it's public. There was, you, I don't really use Venmo, but anyway, I was listening to a podcast and there was this woman who just got bored one night and she just 
went on Venmo and you can just see strangers and how they're spending money, which is a weird way to spend your time, but so is pointing a, a binoculars out your back window. That's true. So she found she found this story, eventually met this woman who was doing this. She was breaking up with her girlfriend and was she noticed that she was she, she kept sending Venmo requests at, at like three o'clock in the morning for half the couch, half the TV, <laughs> like half of all like like the price of half of all of these things uh-huh. because they were breaking up and was upset, you know, later found out she was upset that she was she had spent the the woman doing the breaking up was upset that she had spent all this money on this stuff and now they're breaking up wanted <laughs> wanted recourse and wanted to be compensated for all of these things that they'd been sharing. I see. So and actually there's um there was a user who was cheating on his girlfriend and his girlfriend found out by just going on Venmo and seeing that she he was spending money on pizza and a video game on Fortnite and making regular payments to this girl that she, to a girl that he had she had she didn't know about and they weren't eating pizza together or nor did he she ever see him playing this video game so he was going over her house having pizza and they would play Fortnite together that man wanted to get caught. <laughs> now I don't know how you make you know like uh, I need to venue a Venmo you money for the rope and the knives. Yeah, and yeah. I'm not exactly sure how it would be, but you could just do supplies. But it's an interesting way to me. Venmo is an interesting way to be a voyeur. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, in a modern world. Yeah, that's a good point. I wonder how Jeff would be able to fend off Mr. Thurwald at the at the end of the movie because he uses the flashbulbs to, like, was, temporarily disorient him. That was interesting, yeah. So I don't know. Maybe, maybe you could get, like, mini strobe lights or something. I wonder if Jeff later uh, bought a gun. <laughs> I don't know. Do you have anything else? I have one more thing. Okay. So, this, as I said, as I said before, this was set in uh, Greenwich Village. They actually give the address, which is one hundred and twenty, one hundred and twenty fifth West Ninth Street. Uh huh. There really is at that address. There really is a red brick apartment building at that at that address. So it's based on a real. Oh. Based on a real place, which is kind of interesting. That is interesting. So that about wraps it up. You can find us on a bunch of platforms like iTunes, Stitcher, and Spotify. We're also on the Cosmic Potato Podcast Network at CosmicPotatoNetwork.com. You can find a lot of other great shows there, so check those out. And as for us, just go to WaitYou'veNeverSeen.com to find links, social media, and contact information. Leave us some feedback and let us know if you have any suggestions for movies or TV shows we should watch. That's our show for today. Next time we'll be starting our kids movie month. Oh, we need something light after this month. (laughs) 
I don't know. Well, Space Jam is next. That sounds pretty heavy. Everybody get up. It's time to that, that, No spoilers. Space Jam. Here's your chance. Do your dance at the Space Jam. Why do you know this song? Because it's Space Jam. I can't wait. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Go lay down. Killing me, Smalls. Killing me. Honestly, like it's like worse than usual. <laughs> I thought I broke the code. So, um, are there any pop culture references you now understand? Yes. I mean, over the years, I've probably seen. Lay down. We're almost done, Pippin. Just relax. So, are there any pop culture references you now understand? One more time. One more time. <laughs>